This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt. I'm joined by the smiling Steve Anglesey. Hello, snowflakes. How are you, Steve? I'm good. I've had a haircut. You have had a haircut. Can you see that on the podcast? I, I can see it. It's and great, isn't it? Oh, I think it's a bold move to go for the Pink Mohican at this stage in your life. Well, you know, I'm Did, fairly in a fairly senior position. Comfortable. I guess, yeah. I guess you were probably a bit too young for Punk the first time around, so you've gone... Yes, I was, yeah. But Punk's not dead. Punk is not unlike, dead. Unlike Brexit, Punk is not dead. Absolutely. But could you just maybe stop the spitting in the office? Yeah, I've, I been, mean, I've done quite you know, a lot of gobbing, haven't H- I? HR, I've mentioned it. Um, yeah. And perhaps, you know, just hold back on that. I'll tell you what is punk rock and exciting. Yeah. Is this week's print edition of the New European. It is fantastic, actually, it is. 40,000 words wow. by the great Will Self. There are some uh, amazing illustrations by uh, Martin Rosen, who you will know from... He used to do a lot of work for the Independent. Does a lot of work for the New European. Does now. yeah. I mean, uh, they, they are various proper others. works of art. The Guardian. I mean, yeah. Martin Rosen's a genius. He's, he's it, superb. It's an incredible thing. I was trying to think. The, I think one of the things that we're all very proud about the New European and it, is that it, there's nothing else like it in no. the marketplace. Has a newspaper ever given its entire this forty thousand word essay? I guess that that Will Self has done. It takes up the entire paper. Has it that does. ever happened I don't before? Think it's, I, I don't think it's happened before. It's no. a truly fantastic thing. And also, it's given me a week off. Yeah, but you... then I've had to come in and prepare <laughs> some stuff for, for this podcast. I Usually, to... it's just a re- <laughs> rehash, is it? Yeah, is that what you're telling us? it's a rehash. Oh, I see. I'll tell I you see. what else has cheered me up. Yeah. Do you know Rodri Marsden? Are you aware of him? He's at Rodri on 
on the Twitter. I am Again, aware of him. a former employee of The Independent, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. He's a part-time member of Scritty Politti. Yeah. The fine, uh, the fine band. Very fine. And uh, and he's also in a uh, band which uh, covers classic um, TV themes. Yeah. Uh, and he's an all-round great bloke. And he uh, tweeted this on Thursday. I'm now so obsessed with John Burko saying Mr Peter Bone that I've spent a period of time setting it to the opening of Beethoven's Fifth. Brexit is literally driving me mad. And it sounds like this. Magnificent! Isn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely. Oh, it's still it's going again. Stop it now. It's truly, truly fantastic. That I really lo- I, is wonderful. I do love that. Thank I'm, you, Rodri Marsden. You're well, a wonderful man. Well done, Rodri. I'm going to probably play that and repeat in my on my journey home in the car today. Peter Bone, Mr. Peter Bone. Before we get to the news, and there's tons of it, as there has been for weeks now. There has been. Um, and I mean, also, we're going to speak to uh, Jerry later on about the runners and riders for Theresa May's job. Yes, if um, she actually does resign. It's quite. We can explain that, and um, and there will be, of course, a Brexiteer of the week. We've got to just quickly mention, yes, podcast live, podcast live. Yes. There is still time to get your tickets. The New European Podcast is taking part in podcast live. It's a whole day of great political shows and discussion. It's at the Light in London uh, on the seventh of April. Uh, that is a Sunday, and it's only just over a week away it as is. we it's speak. Exciting. Very exciting. Uh, we're going to be joined on stage by Lord Adonis. We are. And uh, tickets are £12 if you want to just see us, yeah. which is very reasonable if you ask me. It is reasonable. Um, you can get a day pass for £30. Yes, you that can. That means that you get to take in other podcasts as well, yeah. which includes Sophie Ridge, Sky News, yeah. the Brexit podcast, which is the BBC, I think. Yeah, Brexit cast. Yeah. That's on at the same time as us, so don't oh, stop the Yeah, that's that. not on. Don't go and see <laughs> them. Yeah, they're cancelled yeah. at the last minute. Typical. Romaniacs. Very good, of course. They're on at four o'clock on a Sunday, by which time I think they'll all have been in the, down the pub yeah. a bit. Cool. Tracy Emin Tracy is doing Emin. a podcast called How I Got Here, yeah. which means I can tell my gag again That's right. on the tube. The number 73. <laughs> um, or or um, you can get two tickets, if you want to yeah. take a date, for £50. It's a whole day. Yeah. My first class in ticket was only £68. You see, that's how far we've come. That's incredible. Um, but there what, we go. It, what, but you were the Romaniacs on, <laughs> well, on the pyramid no, stage. No, they weren't. <laughs> Sophie Ridge. <laughs> Some of the, in the there was a field. I think, um, I think Cast were on, so, oh, you know, probably overpriced those tickets. Um, the, it, but uh, you, listener, can get a 10% discount on those tickets by using the off good Europe 10. Yeah. Europe. You have to go to where? Well, I'll get there. I'll oh, get okay. there. Bloody hell. Right. Eu- Europe. One zero. To use that, you yeah. will go to www. Does anyone still do the W's? It's fairly obvious, so. I know. Podcastlive.com. That's podcastlive.com. And uh, come along and see us. I've managed to convince a friend of ours that we've got a meet and greet. Brilliant. <laughs> We're selling meet and greet tickets to meet me and you. Amazing. £100. Yeah. <laughs> 
we'll start for a meet and greet. Be... Get five minutes with Anglesey and Porritt. That'd be great. We have had some special badges made, so if you come along, you're going to get you'll get free badges. We've, well. we've got some very cool but badges. Only if you come and see us, yeah. not if you not if you just sneak in at the end after no. watching Brexit cast. Absolutely, you've got to come and see us and chat to us, and you will get a, a, a badge. And if you want to have a look at those badges, they're on my Twitter. And I think they're on the European Twitter as well. They are, I think. Um, so to so check them out. Another bit of housekeeping. Oh yeah. Now, for anyone who's been paying attention at all, yeah. This, Steve, is a it's a momentous. It's a big number. It is. We have reached a hundred episodes. A hundred episodes. A hundred listens. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've done, I think we've done about two hundred listens. Interestingly, the first ever episode of the New European. Yes. Got just forty-four listens <laughs> in its first week. I am not kidding. And we've got uh, more um, children than that between us. <laughs> It's really embarrassing. We, we, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a um, late night idea, really. The New yeah. European podcast, which I think I don't know why I was trying to impress you at the time, but I think I was. Yeah, you were. And, and uh, did I want a new job or something? Is yeah, that what I it think was? So, yeah. so, so I said, "Oh, let's do a New European podcast," thinking that me and you could chat for a bit, and then someone would take away the equipment and do whatever you do no, with the podcast. We've to learn all that, haven't we? And then, when I say we, I mean you. And then you went, yeah, let's do it. Here's a mic. Yeah, I bought a mic straight <laughs> away, yeah. I went out and bought one. And 44 listens later, we wondered if that mic was worth the money. Yes, we did. <laughs> the first episode was uh, was fairly... Um, uh, Dire? Well, I think... Boring? Raw. Raw, OK. Well, actually, the first episode, the, ve- the first very episode, never, it was never released. <laughs> it was unreleased. It was on, it was, I referred to it as the pilot. Was but the, tru- the truth of the matter is that it was just unreleasable. Excellent. Um, it, it, it featured... Was an carnival in- of light, basically. It, it, it featured an interview with David Wilkinson, who's the director of oh, yes. Postcards from the 48%, which yes, is a film about film. sort of the first year of Brexit, I guess, after the, after the referendum. What was the fatal flaw with the interview with well, David Well, there was a couple of flaws. Matt Kelly, our editor, um, he's, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, he, he, was, he was quite uh, mobile during the interview. OK. So he would come very, very close to the microphone... And then very far away. Okay. Except he didn't shout. He just carried on at the same time. So that so that was an issue. Yes. Um, the other issue, which was perhaps a bigger issue, was the fact that I muted the microphone. <laughs> In fact, I better just check. Now, no, we're all right. Kids, if you want any podcast tips, the first one is don't mute the microphone when recording the podcast. It is. Let's just have a quick listen to some of those terrible, horrific first moments of the new European podcast. Welcome to the New European Podcast. I'm Richard Porritt and I'm joined by journalist Jerry Scott and the New European editor Matt Kelly. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm joined now by Steve Anglesey who's going to talk us through um, the Brexiteer of the Week. Well, it's a coveted title this week, really. The the usual array of uh, insanity, inanity and uh, just plain wrongness uh, among the Brexiteer fraternity. There you go. We've come a long way, baby. We have. We have. And now here we are. And we are are 100. We asked all 650 members of the House to send us a quick recorded message saying happy 100th episode. Yes. Uh, No one, no one replied. No. Didn't Mark uh, Francois say he'd rather put a loaded gun in his mouth than that's right, then send record a, a 
He did record that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I wish he had. <laughs> yes, what, what a very strange man he is. <laughs> That'd be good. He looks like the sort of chap who can talk out the side of his mouth. And of course, as we will discuss later on, he <laughs> well. Uh, as we'll discuss later on, he I, I, I did have a plan to to have a very special guest on this week's podcast, but. Um, well, we're going to talk to. He'd left Beeston by the time <laughs> I arrived for my pre-arranged slot with him. Little little hint as to who that might have been there. Yeah. So uh, also before we get to Jerry, John O'Reed, friend of the pod, social media genius. Yeah. Uh, he's going to talk to us about the 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 Remain March, which you all were on, I'm sure. Yes. The weekend, and then you're going to tell us about Leave March, which oddly you were on. Yeah, I've um, decided to. I've changed. But before we get to that, Theresa May has. Given herself up as a sacrifice at the altar of Brexit, Steve. What do you She's think about that? Locked herself in the Wicker Man. <laughs> um, to, well, talking of films, yeah. I watched a, I watched a film the other the other night um, um, with my lovely partner, and um, and what happened at the end? I won't spoil it for you. It is on the iPlayer. I'm not going to spoil it for What's you. What's the film? Well, I'm not going to tell you because it would spoil oh, it for you. Is it but, Betty Blue? But it's not Betty Blue, no. <laughs> oh, it's Betty Blue on the iPlayer. Uh, it's not. You're getting all excited <laughs> there. Um, but at the, the, at the end of this film, what happens is that the um, the, the protagonist realises that the only way that she can save the thing that she loves is by throwing herself and her adversary mm. off a high building, mm-hmm. plummeting to their to their mm-hmm. doom mm-hmm. and that I yeah. thought was was I watched that last weekend yeah. Yeah. after my uh, trip to the march to leave yeah. and and I thought that was that was quite sort of apposite for Theresa May however you know <laughs> a third film then Hove's interviews we've done the wicker man we've done the, the film that I don't want to spoil which is on iPlay why can't you tell us what it's called uh, because I, you know I don't want to I don't want to ruin it for you anyway um, <laughs> we won't even watch it if you don't tell us what it's called but then there's Theresa May she's outflanked the ERG yeah she's gone all you know yeah the ERG I've shit them yeah there you go <laughs> I've definitely done enough to to secure this deal, she gets in the back of the limo from the Commons, and then there's Arlene Foster turns round from the front seat. No, 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 and it's all gone <laughs> a bit. The Long Good Friday and the all oh, the brilliant Long Good Friday theme music that all starts up, and the, the camera closes in on Theresa May's face as, her, and we see her face change from anger to defiance to acceptance as the fantastic Long Good Friday music. Swell. Did you see the pictures? She's not, she can't even. She can't even throw herself <laughs> off a building. She trips. Say Brexit. She's got a foot caught on the, like on a, on a window or something. Absolutely. Arlene Foster has, has, has done her again. Well, Arlene Foster is one of those one of those awnings. Like when you fall off a building in New York, you always yeah, get yeah, caught yeah. by an awning, don't you? That's right. Yeah. She's one of those. Um, she so, is. T- so yeah, Theresa in, that, in that she is. It was Pierce Brosnan, wasn't it, at the end of the Long Good Friday? Was it? I think so, yeah. Oh, no, was, or was Pierce Brosnan killed in the... I can't remember what happened there. No, I can't. It's a lot of years since I've watched that film. We'll um, get back to you on that list. Oh, yeah. you can just watch it yourself. It's a yeah, fine yeah, movie. All right, and then tell us. It is a great film. Um, th- this, of course, happened uh, in the 1922 committee meeting of Tory backbenchers on Wednesday evening. Um, it, it came at the end of a day where there was uh, a series of uh, so-called indicative votes that were brought, brought by uh, Sir Oliver Letwin, which came after the House voted to take control of parliamentary business, which is 
hugely significant, of course, because the government usually would decide what uh, businesses before the House. So the yeah. government has lost control, the Prime Minister has lost control. Um, the only problem with the indicative votes, of course, was that no one really backed anything at all. So no one is in control. We are completely out of control. Let's look at some of those votes, though, a little bit closer. So the most popular plan was for a referendum on any withdrawal deal. So that is heartening. It won 268 votes, um, but there were 295 votes against. Yes. Uh, next favourite was Ken Clark's um, proposal for a customs union with the EU. That secured 264 votes, uh, but there were 272 votes against. Um, we, we then could look at the uh, Norway Plus. So this is Common Market 2.0. Norway Plus secured 188 votes, 283 against. I mean, it's, di- it's difficult to, to find... Um, a lot of positives there, but what I will say is that the um, th- those votes, or uh, well, those first two, those first two votes, um, did receive more votes than Theresa May's beaten um, meaningful vote. So there are there is more support yes. for a referendum and more support for a customs union than there is for Theresa May's plan. Yes, um, but. It, it, Still not quite... Well, I think there are two things about these votes, aren't there? One is positive for for us in that, you know, those indicative votes were... Nobody really expected there to be a majority for anything on that, and they were always going to... Uh, it was always going to be about which two or three or four of the eight things that were voted yeah. on would have more support, and there is another day um, of debate pencilled in for... Monday, isn't there? Although, right. obviously, as we record this... <coughs> it's difficult to predict they anything, are, isn't it? You know, the, the government are scrambling around trying to get a version of the withdrawal agreement on its own passed. It doesn't seem like it will pass from where I'm sitting on Thursday afternoon because the withdrawal agreement you know, contains the backstop, which is toxic to the DUP, it's toxic to the... Hard Brexit headbangers. There's about 30, I think, um, proper hardcore Brexiteers. Yeah, who, who and the DUP on. of 10. So yeah. so I think, you know, it seems very unlikely at this stage that that will get passed. So the positive thing from the indicative votes is that you had 264 votes for Kenneth Clark's plan for a UK-wide customs union. You had 267 uh, for Margaret Beckett's plan for a, a confirmatory uh, vote on whatever deal was passed. Um, the bad thing is that you will still find you still need to find fifty or sixty more votes from somewhere to really guarantee that either of those are going to get passed on Monday, and then the government can still really ignore them. So, what I find bizarre is that um, in this scrambling around uh, and, and desperation to uh, get Theresa May's deal over the line, or even the, just the withdrawal gr- agreement over the line. Um, before we have to go back to the EU, ask for a longer extension, which will mean that we have to participate in um, European elections, all that kind of jazz, uh, stuff that you and I and everybody listening at home doesn't think is too bad, but stuff that the uh, the, um, the the Brexit, hard Brexiteers think is really awful. Um, what I find bizarre is the fact that if Theresa May had come back on Thursday or Wednesday night or Friday and said, I'm going to put my deal to the people yeah, and that's what we're going to do it's, it is this deal, this is the deal that we've negotiated but we'll put it to the people with a, an option for no deal maybe and an option for remain then I think that would get through 
that would I think that would would probably end this. Um, but she's not chosen to do that. I, I've, I've got to say, I think that we're heading now towards a general election. Well, I mean, the other thing is, of course, and we, we say that there's not really a majority for anything at the moment, there's certainly not a majority for a no-deal Brexit, but that is, once again, again yeah. very much in play. Well, um, is. But this is what she said to the uh, 22. I'm prepared to leave this job earlier than I intended in order to do what is right for our country and our party. I've made mistakes. I'm only human. This is very similar to the resignation letter that I've written out for you. (laughs) I think it's a bit like that song by that big beardy fella. I'm only human. No, not that one. Oh, no, not that one. That is a good song, though, isn't it? That's Human League, wasn't it? Was it Human Flesh and Blood, a man. Yeah, Flesh and Blood, that's it. I'm only human. Um, Wait a minute. I've made mistakes. I'm only human. I beg you. Imagine a Prime Minister saying... I beg you. I beg you. Imagine that. Yeah. I beg you, colleagues, vote for the withdrawal agreement and I will go. She continued, I have heard very clearly the mood of the Parliamentary Party. I know there is a desire for a new approach, a new leadership, in the second phase of the Brexit negotiations, and I won't stand in the way of that. I know some people are worried that if you vote for the withdrawal agreement, I will take that as a mandate to rush on into phase two without the debate we need to have. I won't. I hear what you're saying, but we need to get the deal through and deliver Brexit. George Freeman, who is actually... I love his grills, by the way. Brilliant, (laughs) Excellent grills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good grills. Um, You've got to keep them clean, though. Clean them every time. Yeah, you do. Um, George Freeman, he uh, is... I I know him a little bit, and he's a kind of sensible Tory, to be honest. He was on the policy committee. He is um, a... Uh, a, 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 a pragmatic. He's he's a fairly he's a libertarian. I think yeah. he, he's a the sort he, of person that used to they used to find in the Conservative Party. Yeah, he's old school Tory. Yeah. <laughs> As he ever said, I will, I will only, won't even do that if you put a gun <coughs> in my mouth. Probably no, not. He no. hasn't because he's because he's a, a, a sensible and um, reasonable chap. He said that the PM had tears not far from her eyes. <laughs> he said he added there was silence in the room and it was incredibly sad yeah well it's that usually is what happens when Theresa May speaks now after as soon as she finished Richard Bacon another Norfolk MP in fact Richard Bacon jumped to his feet yeah and said I don't know exactly what he said but I imagine it was something like this I've changed my mind I'm going to vote with you I'm with you Theresa hooray hooray Boris did yeah. similar I wonder why I wonder what he's after. Um, As did as did some others, and in those minutes, and maybe half an hour, hour afterwards, it seemed like, oh, wait a minute. Well, yes. Wait a minute, she's got him. And we're going to discuss some of the amazing quotes that came out of all this in the Brexiteer of the week. Great. So, but then, yes. But then, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's my Irish accent. Exactly. Yeah. Um, There's old Philip Hammond being driven as Helen Mirren being driven away, and the other. (laughs) His face against the window. Oh no, it's Theresa. It's all gone wrong. Okay, so anything more on Theresa May? Well, I just think it says it all about Theresa May, doesn't it? That she was a Remainer, but in offering to go, she knows that she's going to let a hard Brexiteer, probably Boris Johnson, in yeah. as Prime Minister, yeah. who will split the party and it's yeah. going to push the country towards the hardest Brexit possible, yeah. which will cause misery for millions of people. I and, think a lot of people. All that to be because she thinks that having the footnote, the woman who delivered Brexit, Mm. might mitigate some of the utter 
miasma of shit that she's put us through I in mean, the last three years. If you read some of the editorials in the in the papers today, I don't think any of them are, are supportive, really. I mean, she's made so many... I, I have some sympathy for her because I don't think ever before in history, certainly in peacetime, has a Prime Minister been handed such a difficult job. No. But I don't think anyone... I don't think anyone in history has made such a cock-up of, of it, really. I mean, it's been fairly disastrous. I did see I did see something funny on um, Good Morning Britain. The first hour of Good Morning Britain is like tabloid TV. I don't know if you've seen no, it. No, I don't watch so, it, no. and, and, and Well, I don't particularly, but it's on in the background sometimes. And, um, and they have a political reporter on there whose name escapes me, I'm afraid, but... She's doing a difficult job because she because she's addressing an audience before seven a.m. Yeah, and they are an audience that isn't watching the BBC. Yeah, you know they they want they're after a, a different type of yeah, morning yeah, yeah. program. Um, so I mean you know like I said a bit more tabloidy a bit more, and she said that when asked about Theresa May why Theresa May was was staying in post, she said she thought it was because she she was desperate to spend more time in office than Gordon Brown. <laughs> I mean, if that's the reason, then that's quite something. So I had a quick look at this. And she needs to, if she's going to do that, if that is her driving force behind this, if that, when she took over on um, on um, 13th of July 2016, when she took over, do you think she went, Philip, all I need to do is stay longer than Brown did? <laughs> Probably not. But she to do that, she will need to be in post till May 29th. Right. Uh, that will be the day she clocks up more days as Prime Minister than Gordon Brown. How many How many Prime Ministers have done less time in office than Gordon oh, Brown? Oh, quite a few. Quite a few. Yeah. So he, he did two years, and th- two years, 318 days. Okay. From it 2007 seemed, it seemed like to 2010. He did, rather. Um, Neville Chamberlain, of course, quite a famous figure, uh, his premiership lasted for two years, 348 days. So she needs to get to June 27th for that. Oh, okay. So you might like want, want to want to get to to that point if she wants to make that third anniversary. Because that's July the thirteenth. Um, Jim Callan, if she wants to outrun Jim Jimmy, uh, he was in post for three years and twenty nine days in the late seventies. Funny Jim. Yeah, and uh, if she wants to uh, get past uh, Arthur Balfour, the uh, prime minister, he he was in office for three years, one hundred and forty six days from nineteen o two. Right. To 1905. So maybe there is some milestones that she's still got on the horizon there, above and beyond Brexit. Well, yeah, there's not much to uh, aim for. She's already, I think, uh, Lord Canning, was it Lord Canning? Lord or Canning. George Canning. Georgie uh, Canning. Jo- old Georgie Canning. I'm pretty sure he was a Lord. Georgie Canning. I think he was Lord Canning, wasn't he? Uh, shortest serving Prime Minister. Not, not that he was five foot one. <laughs> But he only lasted from April to August 1827. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Syphilis. <laughs> oh! And, uh, well, he's not listening, well, is he? Well, he's not, but he, I mean, you can't defame the dead, is what I will say. But please, if you are of his estate, please. you know, take this as if an you're apology. George, <laughs> as Alan Brazil would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it, George, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Which he did once say about John Thor, didn't he? Yeah. On the day John Thor died, he said, I'm really sad to hear about John Shaw dying, Inspector Morse. And, and his co-presenter on TalkSport said, it's actually John Thor. And he said, John, I've been doing that all morning. If you're listening, sorry, mate. <laughs> he was dead. Well, oh, you know, dear. these new digital radios are really very good. They are really very good. Is there Wi-Fi in heaven? I hope so. And what? And have they always had it? 
I mean, you know, all these questions. That's an incredible question. Because Wi-Fi... You've we have got small children, haven't you? Is that the kind of question <laughs> they are? <laughs> they do. They do. Oh, Dad, is there Wi-Fi in heaven? I once... Can my goldfish hear me? When I was about three weeks into a new job, I, I wandered over as a, as a gag, because that's the kind of guy I, I wandered am. over as a gag? Is that words? <laughs> I wandered over as a gag. <laughs> Beautiful start, isn't it? <laughs> I wandered over to the religious correspondence desk yeah. okay, and I good. said to her, lovely woman, Martha, and I said, Martha, I wonder if you could help me. She's very straight laced. She said, yes, of course, Richard, anything I can help you with, I'll try my best. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm quite keen on a press trip. Could you get me one to heaven? <laughs> right? And she looked at me as if she thought, well, I, I could tell her thinking, well, I don't want to be rude because maybe he is, you know, really strong believer in in the afterlife, etc. And you know, and, and she just said, I'm, "I'm not sure I can." <laughs> so there we go. Sure I never I did go to heaven. And that's it. Well, he he died in office, George Canning. He died in this office. Not in this office, but he died oh. in a, an office and, and in office. If you do, you get like the shortest tenure of any prime minister, 119 days. Okay, Google, what a wonderful thing. Could you find out the shortest Prime Minister now for the us? The shortest <laughs> Prime Minister. Surely pick the younger. He wasn't fully developed, was he? Well, perhaps not. Um, especially not on Blackadder. Who would be Who would be the shortest? Well, Burke would be the shortest Prime Minister if he was to become Prime Minister. He, he must be the shortest speaker ever. He's got to be the shortest speaker, yeah. He's right. the smallest speaker since those little ones that you take on holiday with you. Bluetooth speaker. Oh, they're great. Order. I used to have a little, two little speakers like that. Like you, like two were going to make a difference. Well, little, you, like an inch. You and you plugged Walkman. in your Walkman. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was so Stereo. cool. Yeah, look at this. Yeah. Boom pop. We're at a disco now. <laughs> we're at a disco. Brexit disco. We were going to have, the new European was going to have a big Brexit day night out. Yes. Um, and, we, I mean, we, st- we we put some initial plans in place, which we scrapped about a month ago. Big um, Brexit night out, that's Because right, we yeah. realised that it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen, yeah. Um, so now we, we've got to put that back to either April or, or May. Um, and we we decided that we would just, myself and um, Jasper Copping, TNE legend, we thought we would just drink until we fell. Yes. And then... Well, the government fell. Yeah. Whichever was the... Whichever was the first. And it, yeah, at this stage, you'd think you probably could drink through that from where we're sitting right now. 130 days in office as Prime yeah. Minister, by the way. Yeah. The Viscount Goderich. Ah, Goderich. He, Didn't he produce Radiohead's albums? He did. He went on to produce, <laughs> and then two hundred and eleven days, the third, the third shortest tenure. Yeah. His his first name sounds like a, uh, an erection. Uh, uh, hard on. Bona law. <laughs> we'll be back soon to talk about the marches with John O'Reed and Steve. You can hang around. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to the New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. I'm joined by Steve again and John who's here and we're going to talk about marches. Yes, we are. I've been on a march. What about you, John? Have you You've been, been on, a, on march? a slightly more successful march? Yes, I've been on a much bigger march. Well, you say that. The people you marched with are not getting what they want. The people you marched with are. How well, do you, you measure ne- success? You never know. <laughs> I think numbers. Oh, yeah, there is that. There is that. <laughs> so, John, you were down in London, of course, for the 
Um, about, we reckon about a million people attended the uh, the people's vote. Yeah, I mean, there's March. a few discrepancies over what the actual. Well, did you not count was. them? No, I did not. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I couldn't see down the bottom of the road, let alone the whole of London at that point. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the, the organisers said a million, but you know, well, the, it, the, it, I mean, the the footage from above was extraordinary, wasn't yeah, it? Amazing. It was. yeah. and the, did you see the helicopter going right the way down? They filmed it from the from the last yes. man. Was that you at the back? <laughs> <laughs> right down to the front, and it was it was. I mean, I don't think we've had one that big, have we? During the Brexit process? Not during the Brexit process. Certainly not certainly since Iraq, than, I don't think. Certainly more than last time, wasn't it? Which yeah. was supposed to be 700,000. Yeah. I think it was a real show of strength. Uh, so well done, everyone who went. What was the atmosphere like, John? Was it a sort of party atmosphere or people... Yeah. Because they've, co- they've been sort of friendly and fun, haven't they, up until mm. this point? There was yeah. no direct action then. No, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it definitely Snowflakes. felt... Snowflakes. It, def- it almost felt like we'd won. Um, yeah. There was definitely a kind of attitude to it all. Um, in fact, there was a massive rave at one point in the middle of... In the middle of uh, on the way to Parliament Square. Did you have your top off? <laughs> no. Hi, Viz. Luckily <laughs> enough, I was already smeared with Vix. This, this could explain, though, why it took me, like, five hours to do 8,000 steps, because you got to because one point... Because you were on acid. <laughs> you got to one point, and, yeah, they were just jumping around, and no-one was actually moving any further down there, but it was, it was amazing. What were we... People were moving to Chemical Brothers and Eiffel 65, all, all the hits from yesteryear, so... Chemical yeah. Brothers and Eiffel 65? <laughs> the quite, hits of yesteryear. <laughs> Did not expect all of those people on that march to be joined and getting involved, but no, they were absolutely loving it. Welcome, so. pop pickers. <laughs> the Eiffel 65. Was that blue? Yes. Well, yeah. And the Chemical Brothers. Yes. Are you an Eiffel 65 fan, Steve? No. About the Chems. <laughs> the Chems. I was an early adopter of the Chems. Yeah. yeah. When they were Dig the, your own hole. When they were the Dust Brothers. Oh yeah. But of course, then there was an, there was actually another Dust Brothers. There was. There? Do, oh, who, who, produced, yeah, yeah. who produced Beck and stuff like That's that. That's right. So they had to change yeah. their name to the yeah. Chemical Brothers, yeah. Yeah, very, very, very cool. And, and we'll be delighted to have been put alongside Eiffel 65, I think, John, in <laughs> yeah. your review of the march. So did, did you hear the speeches? Could you get to the... No we, we, no, we didn't get that far. I mean, even if we had got that far, I don't think in the time it took us, which was four to five hours, that we would have got there for the speeches because you know, they were long gone by the point we'd arrived at. Uh-huh. Parliament Square. Um, Did you see lots of people with the old European finger? Yes, yes. Phone finger. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was very successful. Um, you know, Bollocks the, to Brexit, I think you said on it. Yeah, yeah. The, the creativity, the creativity of all the placards again astounds me. What was your favourite placard? I knew you'd ask me that. I've written some down. Yeah. Um, in fact, my, I think was it never favorite, kissed a Brexiteer? Uh, yeah, that might your... be mine. It was oh, that was yours. Yeah. So have you ever kissed a Remainer? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be absolutely sure you've never kissed a Brexiteer? Yeah, I, I always deal with facts. <laughs> yeah, but is that, well, that would that would suggest... How old are you, Jono? How old am I? Oh, I know, you're 30. It's my mud. Right, you're 30 old. years old. Oh, yeah, yeah, 30. So that would suggest that you didn't kiss anyone until you were 27. They could, what people that they could have gone on to be Brexiteers. Yeah, I mean, what about when you were 21? You must have kissed someone who could become a Brexiteer. I, I only hang around with uh, reputable people, Richard. Well, forever? Yes, absolutely. Well, John, good for you, old boy. Here. Good for you. So, so apart <laughs> from your own banner... Yes, um, I think my favourite was probably the joke that was on one of the banners. An Englishman, a Scotsman, an Irishman walk into a bar. The Englishman wanted to go, so they all had to leave. Very good. How big was that banner? <laughs> it was. It was. It was. Is that the one that they were passing over? The by donkeys <laughs> one that they were passing over. Um, overhead. But yeah, I mean, there was lots of the uh, led by donkeys billboards. Yeah. Condensed into um, placards, which 
pretty effective. They've had a good a good Brexit, haven't they? Absolutely. I mean, have a good you know, Brexit. To, to, to have a placard that works both for the Nigel Farage march and the uh, Remain absolutely, march is, you know, multi-purpose. Um, there, there was one that so bad the introverts are here, um, which probably goes for me as well. Um, and a missing poster for Jeremy Corbyn, um, which of well, I mean that was a good point. He was, of course, in the important um, stuff, wasn't he? Morecambe. In Morecambe. Where he did a he did the Give Me Sunshine dance, didn't he, with the statue of Eric Morecambe? That's right. And there's a there's a great picture of him with a dog on a lead. Have you seen that picture? Yeah, that's a very good picture. Yeah. I once went to Morecambe and I went for fish and chips, um, and there was a seagull trapped inside the fish and chip shop. Oh. And it kept just flying against the window. <laughs> wow. And no one there was just there was only me that was freaked out by this. It must have been a normal thing in Morecambe. Not sure. There's a metaphor for Brexit, really, isn't there? Perhaps it? so. That's why I told it, Jono. <laughs> any <laughs> other... Any other <laughs> I'm just thrown together, this. <laughs> any but, other... Uh, any other... I, I, think, I think my thoughts were, and, you know, this is kind of something that's been going on <clears> on social media, the fact that we are now at a point where we've got a huge pro-EU um, you know, sort of movement, which is the slight irony of Brexit, that yeah, you know, before, before Brexit we didn't have one, but now we have one, and... You know, certainly everyone... Well, I don't think we felt we needed one before. It well, seems so obvious. It's like having a pro going to the toilet so you don't wet yourself movement, you know? I mean, you don't have to expect to march on London to encourage people to not wet themselves. Yeah. That's a great analogy. Brilliant. brilliant I'm yeah. on farm today, fire today, yeah. Oh, but I have had an accident. <laughs> 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 Tell us about your, um, your skirmish with Vote Leave. So I went on a, um, a leg of the... Vote Leave March. Yeah. Uh, Did you check to a was, lot of them? There's in, not a lot of them, actually, is there? Well, there weren't a lot of them. There were about 150 of them. Okay. By what, the time, doing the actual walk the or when they gathered? There, they were, no, there were, it was <coughs> a, uh, because it was a weekend, they mm-hmm. have 50 core marches, they yeah. have 50 sort of supporters right. per day, and then, um, uh, and uh, but because it was a, a, a Saturday, a few more had turned out. Right, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think they, were, they weren't walking down so many sort of dangerous A roads and stuff like that. Uh, there was quite a lot of um, cross country travailing. Nice. So they had a, they're joined by a few more. Uh, sadly, by the time I arrived, despite being assured that otherwise, Nigel Farage had long since gone, <laughs> said one of the marchers. Yeah, I think he left a quite. A couple of hours ago, they said mm. it was only a twelve-hour, twelve-hour. Uh, it was only a twelve-mile uh, jaunt that they went on. It. I don't yeah. think he completed the twelve miles. No, no, uh, he won't. If have, we're it would have been going past some pubs. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it did end up in a pub. In, it went from Lingby in Nottinghamshire yeah. to Beeston in Nottinghamshire. Beeston, yeah. Uh, and uh, by the time I got there, um, there were probably about one hundred and fifty in there. Uh, I spoke to a couple of. I've got to say. Really, very pleasant. Yes, Brexiteers. Yeah, yeah. A couple of less pleasant Brexiteers yes. were outside. Yes, they do uh, tend to mingle together. Attempting sadly. to um, have a fight with some people who turned up, uh, who were shouting at them uh, about remaining. Mm. Um, I think best left alone. Uh, and it was, uh, but, but a couple of the people that I um, spoke to were, were, were really pleasant. Um, uh, now, one of them told me that he thought they were he said I'm actually met him in the pub where having walked 12 miles mm-hmm. they walked to a weather mm-hmm. the deal is that they walked to a Weatherspoons 
and then they can have a free pint and the, some fish and chips and Tim Martin off where the spoons picks up the bill for the C- Brexiteers. Could, could you could you just because I'm just, just wondering, put a bib on and go in just like <laughs> 500 metres before? Well, you probably could, yeah, couldn't you? So that. if you want, if you're desperate this weekend, well, it wow. finishes this weekend. So I've nothing to, I've nothing to do for a few weeks, so I might just do that this weekend. Just keep giggles. going in and so yeah. oh, I've only just completed. <laughs> that. Oh, like, I hate foreigners. Where's, the, where's my fish and chips? Where's the rest <laughs> of them? That's the code that you have to say at the bar. That's for 10 percent off. Like. Europe 10 for New European (laughs) tickets. Um, One of them said, uh, he said, it's amazing, isn't it? He he said, the response has been brilliant. He said, there are a thousand people outside this pub now. And I had to say to him, mate, it's actually about 30. Yeah. Um, Which he sort of said, oh, well, I was told it was more like a thousand. Anyway. How many pints are you allowed again? I think you're allowed a couple of pints. He told me that... A handful of marchers, had, one, sorry, one of them, not him, one of the other core marchers told me that a handful of marchers had dropped out quite early on of the core 50 marchers. Yeah. Um, and he said that, he said it's not really a surprise that because, you know, when some people turned up, you went, oh, well, they're not really going to be able to complete this. Yeah, and he it's said, quite he an said, ask, isn't he it? He said he found it weird that they were not asked to complete any sort of health checks or no. anything like that no, no. Um, before they took part. He said, so he said, you know, obviously a few people were not going to do it. But he did say, you know, those people are still on the march with us. They just get taken from place to place um, by the coach. And that is why, you know, some of the scenes that we have laughed at where yeah. it looks like there's about 30 or 40 of them is actually, you know, some of but the core marches. It is, I mean, it is a big ask. Uh, it is a big ask because it's about 270 miles. Now, he's, these two guys that I spoke to, uh, I spoke to a few more people than that, but I spoke to two guys at length, and we're definitely going to do that. Um, and he, he said, one of the guys said, he said, he said, one in two cars when we were, uh, that go past honk for us. Yeah. And he said it's pretty much like the referendum, that, isn't it? You know, he was yeah. quite realistic. Yeah, he said, yeah. He said sometimes people shout nasty things. Yeah. Quite rare. Nasty things! Uh, nasty things. He said it's quite rare. He said even when we meet people in the, pub who, in the pubs who disagree with us, you know, they're usually quite friendly. Yeah. And in turn, he said, I said to him, what do you think about the other march in London? And he said, well, good luck to them. We yeah. live in a democracy. It's, yeah. it's absolutely yeah. their right. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing that he did say, and, uh, and his name is Taz, and he is, um, uh, he's come from Thailand to, um, to, to go on this march. And, um, and, then he's, and then he's going back to Thailand. He lives in Thailand. Um, British he, he, looks like, he looks like he's of <laughs> British Thai origin. You right, might have right, seen right. him. A uh, very articulate guy. And I said to him, what's your sort of version of Brexit and how this works out? Is it WTO rules? And he said, God, no, it would be a terrible if we left without a, a, a deal. I, I don't want that at all. Mm. Which sort of led me to think, are you on the right march? Yeah. But he did say, we need to be prepared to leave um, without a yeah, deal yeah. if it's a really terrible deal. And he saw Theresa May's uh, deal as being a terrible deal. But I've yeah. got to say, speaking to both of those guys, neither of those guys were... Racist. No, neither, no, no. neither of those guys were, you know, were, were um, bigoted. They they just disagreed with us, and it did get give me some hope that at the end of this, you know, we might all be able to come back together in go, some way. Go on and go to go to Witherspoons together. We'll have one big march to Witherspoons together. Yeah, great. Yeah, march to Witherspoons. Witherspoons. 
Like, I never can decide Weatherspoons. Weatherspoons. It's because <laughs> of Matt two, Withers. Two very different things All the there. pubs are available. <laughs> it's because of Matt Withers. If, if, if Matt Withers would like to sponsor this podcast. All in all, however, I would rather have been on the march with Jono. Yeah, yeah, quite. Well, it does sound like more fun. Certainly, well, I, I, everyone I, I, likes to rave. Madeline Grant from The Telegraph didn't think it was fun, did she? Did you see what she wrote about it? Go on. The anti-Brexit march revealed the polite face of tyranny. Was her was her take on it? Face of tyranny. She said. Was she talking um, just about Jono? She was. <laughs> she said. Um, she uh, she said most marches seemed good-natured and polite, but there was something much darker going on beneath the polite facade, which a lot of people do say about John. They do, yeah. They um, call him the the polite. Tyrant. She objected that um, some placards. <laughs> said that voters had been misinformed yeah. and conned into voting for Brexit. Right. Um, and she really disliked an art critic. Um, his poster listed a lot of European painters. Yeah. And she said they, they were all alive before the EU. So right. that was a load of rubbish. Right. And, um, and she said um, that um, it just... Uh, it, was, it all reminded her of George Orwell's quote about intellectuals being more totalitarian in outlook than the common people. Mm. I mean, you know, there you go. It was only a march, wasn't it? I know which march George Orwell would have been on. Yes. John O, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Steve, will you join us again shortly for Brexit Tour of the Week? No. Ah, oh, Jerry, how are you? Exhausted. Yeah, me too. I feel like I'm actually after, I'm taking the day off tomorrow. Good for you. Because Not expecting I just, any big news. No, I just can't. It's just too much for me. I said, I woke up this morning. I said, today has got to be my Friday. So, it is. It is. There we go. Um, unless, of course, something terrible happens and we have to rush out, or, or not terrible, good, aren't it? I'll call you in. We have to rush out an emergency pod, which we've only done once before. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, is our one hundredth podcast. Congratulations, Jerry. You've been with us right from the start. In fact. Yours was the first name ever read out on the New European podcast, as we heard. And the most important, of course. Of course. And it is true that you, I think, more than anyone who's been on the pod, has got a very loyal band of fan. There is There are new European podcast fans, and then there is a subsection of that who are Jerry Scott fans. And if you look online, and this is absolutely true, there is Jerry Scott fan fiction. Shut up. There is, and probably not all of it you would want to read. And you certainly wouldn't want your mum to read it all. Anyway, um, the runners and the riders is what we're going to look at. It's creepy Uncle Richard and Jerry Scott with the runners and riders for Theresa May's job. Now, if you'd have told me 100 weeks ago that Theresa May would still be Prime Minister after 100 episodes, I would have first said, I doubt this is getting to episode two. Well, yeah. Um, And secondly, uh, I would have doubted that Theresa May would get to the 100th episode. We We have... Greatly exaggerated her downfall on numerous occasions already, but this this is it now, isn't it? This is the real deal. Because even if I love this, I well, I'm going to resign, but only if you vote for my deal. If you don't, then I'm. You're not. stuck with me forever. It is an extraordinary thing, but really, after saying you're going to resign for one thing, and then I mean, she is done for. She is about to be toppled if she doesn't stand down herself. Mm-hmm. So. Run, th- run through, I'll give you my opinion on their chances and whether they'd make a good Prime Minister, and then I'll, I'll, cause I've got some thoughts on this as well. Yeah, right. Well, we'll start with Michael Gove. The Gover. Of course. Politest yeah. man in politics. Yeah. But is that enough? Uh, you know, so, um, he's seen as a favourite at the moment, according to William Hill. Uh-huh. 
Um, okay, lots of shout-outs for various uh, bookies. This if you're a bookie yeah. and you'd like to sponsor the new European podcast. Um, this is mostly due to him being a massive Brexiteer, obviously. But has he become a little bit more pragmatic in the eyes of some of the Remain side of the party by getting behind Ms. Deal, do you think? Yeah, and essentially he's not Boris Johnson, yeah. I think. Anyone the, but Boris. Is the issue, yeah. Um, so there was, there was kind of some speculation that he could... Um, take the job he told reporters on sunday that it's not time to change the captain of the ship but mm. that decision has kind of been taken out of, out his, of his hands. hands now and there was some talk of him being a caretaker prime minister yeah i don't think he'd be interested in that i think he'd want it fully or not at all caretaker prime minister sounds good though does he get to wear brown overalls and carry a broom i hope so and like a metal bucket <laughs> for swilling well talking about caretaker prime ministers uh the, the name kind of Around for that has been David Liddington. Yeah, so Liddington, <coughs> Liddington, somewhat unites a very divided party, doesn't he? He's got, uh, he, he's respected and looked upon favourably from both wings. Mm-hmm. Does that actually make him the sensible choice, at least for the Tories? Maybe in a way, but I was speaking to a kind of long-term backbencher this week, um, who's apparently known David Liddington, or as he called him, Lidders. Lidders. Um, <laughs> you have Bants yeah. in the tea room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, Lidders. How's it going, old boy? For um, for a good kind of 20-plus years, and he said he's just not interested. Right. He said he's not at all interested, uh-huh. and he's made that clear to colleagues over and over again yeah. that um, he just doesn't want the job, essentially. But, but, if, it, but I think with David Liddington, is he the type of chap who... Would do it for six months because for the good of the for, for the good of his party, if not for the good of the country, you know, w- would he see it as his duty? Do you think to step up if there was the will, if people wanted him to do it? I don't really think there is it, that right. he would. To be honest, I think right. he's worked so closely with Theresa May. He's essentially her deputy, isn't he? he? Is absolutely yeah. that um, he's kind of seen the poison chalice that it is and wouldn't even take it temporarily. Right. Okay. So you've ruled him out. Who's yep. next? Boris. Boris. He certainly has got the backing of uh, a fairly large section of the grassroots. I think there'd be enough MPs to get him onto a, a very, you know, a deep ballot, mm-hmm. um, if not the very final one. I think he's got every chance. Um, it, is he too toxic? He has certainly been been actively trying to detoxify the Boris brand. I mean, arguably, this whole thing is just because Boris wants to be Prime Minister. <laughs> you could certainly argue that. I mean, it was funny, wasn't it, that he suddenly swung behind Mayor's deal when she said she'd stand down. Oh, I know, and I really enjoyed the um, reporters shouting at him as he came out of the 1922 meeting, is it still a suicide vest, and him yeah. uh, not not really giving a clear answer. Yeah. Those are some really strong comments, aren't they? So to kind of say that and then go back on them. Well, quite. I mean, there's been a lot of um, rather strong comments from from Boris, hasn't mm-hmm. there, uh, in, in, in his column and beyond, um, and they would undoubtedly come back to haunt most people once they became Prime Minister, but Boris seems to sort of ride roughshod through all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, one aside I am enjoying this week is um, Sam Coates at the Times getting all the Boris scoops, despite the fact the Telegraph pay him however much a year to uh, write write columns for them. Yeah, interesting. (laughs) Very interesting indeed. Obviously, Boris feels he can uh, trust Sam Coates. Jeremy Hunt is next on my list. Jeremy Hunt, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Prominent Remainer. He... I would have agreed that he was one of the front runners up until the trade letter mm-hmm. fouled up a few weeks ago. What do you think? 
I don't think he will do it at the moment. He previously said it wasn't the right time. I think it's still not the right time for him. Um, I think, he, you know, he made a really public move towards being more Eurosceptic after the referendum, mm. even though he was a, you know, campaigner for Remain, mm. which I do think will have won him favours mm -hmm. with the Brexiteer wing of the party. But I don't think they will see him as committed enough in the same way that, one of the criticisms levelled at Theresa May is often, well, she was a Remainer. Yeah, I agree. I think this. I think the next Prime Minister of this country is going to be a Brexiteer like it or love it. Through and through, yeah. Next. Dominic Raab. Dominic Raab. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, of course, a very prominent Brexiteer yeah. in the campaign. Um, Brexit secretary, in fact, before he resigned. Um, and not a supporter of May's deal, which I actually think will probably win him quite a few backers. Right, OK. So you think he could go deep into this fight? Yeah, absolutely. I he mean, likes a tussle, doesn't he? Loves a tussle. Bit macho, he's old Dominic Raab. <laughs> so I think he's a contender. We've got um, Sajid Javid as well on the list. Yeah. The Sarge. Yeah. The Sarge. Sergeant Javid. <laughs> um, I think that he's a contender, uh -huh. but not... Probably realistically, <laughs> I think he definitely put himself forward. Yeah, me too. Um, I think he's ambitious. He I think he's ambitious. I think it's I think it's good that um, a member of the Asian community could could even be considered as leader of the Tory Party. I think that's a positive. Absolutely. I think he's. I think there's, uh, there are some things which I've I've been uh, really quite pleased with that he's you know some of the some of the statements he's made. Other things have concerned me. You know, I, I he personally wasn't supportive of his. Um, of his very tough stance on on the you know the the jihadi bride, mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I don't know if that taints him or not. I think the problem would be at the moment. You know, he's really placed himself as saying that the Tories should be a party of social mobility. Mm. At the moment, no one really cares about that. It's all it's, be it's Brexit. all Brexit. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would hurt him. Mm. David Davis. David Davis, yeah. One last throw of the dice for DD. <laughs> Give it another go. Yeah. Keep going. Get them T-shirts out again. <laughs> oh, no. Um, you know, I, I don't really think that David Davis is going to be in the running. No, People are throwing yeah. his name about, but yeah. I really don't think no, don't it's going to happen. I don't think so. I agree. For him. I agree. Um, same with Amber Rudd. People are talking about as well. Yeah. Ruddy long shot. Good. Good from you. Um Mostly because she said she wouldn't rule out a second referendum. Mm. I think that had absolutely yeah, killed her. Yeah. And she's openly kind of said that she'd favour a Norway Plus model. And it's just it's just too much for these hard Brexiteers. Yeah, not going to happen. I agree. Um, Andrew Ledsom's name's out there as well. Ledsom for leader! <laughs> remember? Which would be great again, because I was just remembering... I do often remember the March on Parliament for the Ledsom for leader march. Yes. Possibly my favourite march of all time. <laughs> um, and... I think that um, my favourite bit of that was the Ledson Fleet of T-shirts, which Tim Loughton, the former children's minister, was obviously confused about. Mm -hmm. He was given, oh, what's this? A T-shirt? How would one wear this? So he put it on over his shirt and tie. <laughs> Excellent. All T-shirts should be worn that way. Absolutely. Um, and she hasn't ruled out another leadership bid. I think she would go for time. it. I think she would as well. And she is a mother. She is a mother, you know, so she knows. She would certainly be in the running. Um, and then also on the list um, is a um, Andrew Ledson backer, Penny Morden, as well. Yes, Penny Morden. Um, she's one of the cabinet's most prominent Brexiteers, really. And she's good at diving. Yes, 
She is good at diving. So she was on not? Splash, wasn't so why she? Not back her? <laughs> Absolutely. One name that hasn't been on the list in the last couple of days, but was being thrown around a lot, is um, Liz Truss. She's secretary to Treasury. The Truss. The Truss, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, she told me a couple of weeks ago she wasn't interested and was focused on Brexit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her name is on a lot of those lists and she's making herself very well known at the moment. Liz Truss is a wildly ambitious, I don't mean that in a bad way, no? Elizabeth, um, wildly ambitious politician. I think that. Um, I think that the fact that she is a uh, staunch free marketeer, mm-hmm. even a hard-line capitalist, I think she would be happy to be known as that, from a working-class background yep. and a Labour background yep. as well, actually, probably works in her favour. Yeah. Um, in, in a similar way that, that Major, you know, she's a very different character from John Major, but in a similar way, um, it really is the uh, from sort of rags to Tory well, rags is probably going a bit too far, but you know what I mean. From from the working class to to the the higher echelons of the Tory party is quite something and quite a story. And it is just today she's been setting out the way she thinks that we should go with a Canada style type situation. So she's you know she's speaking about what she thinks would be the best way. And I think that I, I think that it's very rare in the in Tory party uh, in normal Tory party elections that the front runners actually win. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that that might well be the case here. And, and as, as we've proved, as you proved this, this is a pretty big field. Yeah. And I think that someone like Liz Truss, you know, might just end up getting those second votes when they're needed mm-hmm. from people who didn't back her the first time round, and and end up sort of surprising everyone and being the next prime minister. Yeah. And would you rule out a third female Tory PM? Not at all. Not at this no. stage. Anyone else? That's my list. I've got one more. Go on. And if I, I'm not really a betting man. Um, but if I was to be placing a bet on this, this is a person I would be putting my money on. Mm. Matt Hancock. Interesting. On the front of the standard the other day. Hat Mancock. He, again, very ambitious, mm-hmm. uh, very, very astute, believe it or not. I know some of the listeners are probably spitting out whatever they're drinking or eating when I say that. Um, but it, but he, he, he is a clever chap. And um, he comes from an interesting background. He's been around politics... Um, you could call him a, a career politician, I guess. He was close to the Cameron uh, Osborne yeah. axis, but he managed to detoxify himself when that went um, boobs up. See, I don't need to bleep it now. Well done. Um, and and the sort, of, and I think is now an interesting health minister. Yeah. I don't think he's probably been in the job long enough to make any massive boo boos. <laughs> What am I talking about? <laughs> um, but um, I, I think that he would get a lot of support. He's young, he's, he's fresh, he seems to have straddled two administrations without really being dragged into the, uh, to the toxicity of either. Um, so I reckon, for me, he's, he's my favourite. Who is your favourite? Well, first, I think you're right that he could be in the running. I don't think he'll thank his... Former colleague George Osborne for putting him in the running. No, on the front of the even standard the other day, though. I don't know. I th- I would be very surprised. Um, I I I, re- I, interview- I inter- I've interviewed him about a few times, but I interviewed him when he was about eighteen months an MP. That's all. Um, we had a quite a long sit down chat, and he wouldn't. He, you know, even then it was clear that he wanted to get right to the top. Yeah. Um, so and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I would be shocked, in fact, if. He wasn't aware of that Evening Standard oh, yeah. story well before it went to print. Call me a pessimist, but I fear 
we're set for Boris. Boris. I'm going to go Matt Hancock, and I think Liz Truss is going to run them both close. Welcome back, Steve. It's time to do Brexiteer of the Week. But before we do that, there is one person who has been on every single episode of the New European Podcast. Do you know Apart who that is? It's you, isn't it? Well, no, I missed I missed one. Oh, you were on holiday. I, I, had I, had, to do it. I did right. have a holiday and, and you... I had to pretend yeah, to be the host. Yeah, and you fouled it up and yeah. it took me 18 months to get the listeners back. I just spoke about <laughs> Betty Blue and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. And so no, the, some people have said that it's Daisy who does the ad. But actually, we basic. dropped that ad for a bit because the offer the offer lapsed and then it's now come back. Some people have said it was you or me. They were wrong as well. Yeah. Actually, it is our very own Brexit of the Week voiceover superstar, Tom Vince, and he's here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and he talks like a voiceover man. He does. So Hi. I thought you could do it live, all right? So Absolutely. you ready? Can, I'll, can I'll do, shall I do the... I'll do the, the the background music and you go for it. You ready? Right, cool, cool. Da, 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 da. Brexiteer of the week live, one hundredth edition. <laughs> Tom, thank you very much. You're welcome. He went a bit far there, didn't he? he did well, showbiz, showbiz types. Two minutes of fame. I'll go back to my cupboard. I'll see you episode two hundred. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Fantastic. Tom. That was brilliant. <laughs> Tom Vince, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Vince. <laughs> should we get him to come and do it live when we do the actual live pod as we well? Should do, yeah. He'd certainly be the most handsome man on stage. Yeah. Oh, no, wait a minute, Lord Adonis. Oh, Lord Adonis. He is an Adonis. Tell us who is the Brexiteer of the Week, Steve. I, first, I've got to say, after doing a, a hundred of these, or I've probably done a, a little bit less, haven't I? Because I've About, been on holiday as yeah, well. <laughs> you've got a life, whereas but I just hang I around the studio. I do feel like. You know, have you, have you read the book Watchmen? The great uh, yes, graphic yes, yes, novel. Yes, 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 yes. You know when Dr. Manhattan says, I am tired of this world, I'm tired yep. of these people, I'm tired of being caught in the tangle of their lives. Um, that is how I feel about having to do this um, every week. But it's quite entertaining. Uh, and I thought we would do a Stupid Things Brexiteers Have Said edition uh, this week because it's been <laughs> a, a tremendous week for people saying stupid things first thing uh, is Andrea Jenkins we all know Andrea Jenkins yeah. uh, hard Brexit uh, headbanger uh, and uh, MP for Morley and Outwood isn't she Andrea Jenkins didn't she replace um, Ed Balls yes uh, and she posted a rather beautiful picture of her young son Clifford who was born during the uh, Brexit process wasn't he and they were going to call him That's they right. joked her and her husband joked that they were going to call him Brexit and they did call him Clifford, and we, we've speculated before that they were going to call him Brex Clifford, yeah. which for obvious reasons yeah. we thought might yeah. be a bit yeah. dodgy. But she posted a picture of Clifford, who now must be two, two and a half. I guess so. Uh, and he was at nursery, and he was wearing... You know when they take him oh, out no. at nursery, and he was wearing a little bib? Oh, yeah, so like one of the leave marches. In the, and she put on it, <laughs> just received this picture of Clifford at his nursery. He looks like he's going on a yellow vest march. Oh, no! What a lovely oh, no. thing to say about your child. I don't know whether he was going off to harass Anna Soubry or, or, or going to Paris and, you know, about oh, to be Clifford. accused of anti-Semitism. But Clifford is a name I think little... is quite cool, but I always will think of the big red dog. Well, I know. I love, I love Clifford the big red dog. Oh, big favourite... Uh, Big favourite of my son when Absolutely. he was um, small there. Uh, Steve Baker. Uh, who could not mention Steve Baker? Now, we've had two great uh, nicknames this week, haven't we? Yeah. Um, we've had the Grand Wizards. Who were the Grand Wizards? Uh, me and you. 
No, that's not right. Oh. The Grand Wizards were the deputation of elderly Brexiteers who went to Chequers last weekend. There was Ian Duncan Smith, wasn't there? Boop, boop. It is, it is Mr. <laughs> yeah, Toad that. Sports Car. That was brilliant, wasn't boop, it? <laughs> with, the, with the bonnet down. Uh, Boris Johnson funny. turned up. And Boris. they and we found out... Hey, you know, Boris lost a bit of weight, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, he's done a new haircut. I don't know. I've heard that he's dumped the pies... Yeah, and instead of instead of eating a big fry up for breakfast, a big lunch, maybe a burger or yeah. a subway or a foot long subway or a yeah. chips, and then and then a massive like full lobster for his tea. I've heard he's just I've I've heard he's just enjoying apples. Yeah, he's just having a carry out, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, oh, the, so the, the Grand Wizards. So you've just got that one. That's good. Um, uh, the, the Grand Wizards, and so all of these elderly Brexiteers went to Chequers. Uh, they were all asked what they thought. They all said Theresa May resigned. They were referred to collectively as the Grand Wizards, and then somebody worked out that that was what they also called the leaders of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, so that was one great thing. And now we find out that Steve... Ian Duncan Smith in his... In his pointy... In his robe. He'd be flying backwards, wouldn't he? <laughs> Maybe he was dressed in that and it just came <laughs> off on the M4. You don't know, do you? Anyway, the other great nickname of the week is that the the rema- the rump of the ERG... If I've uh, got to go to Checkers on a Sunday, I'm taking the triumph. Poor <laughs> <laughs> boss of cock, he really is. And uh, the, rema- the ERG, the, the holdouts in the ERG, uh, including Steve Baker, are... Referring to themselves now as the Spartans. Yes, that's they? right. Because yeah. they are holding out. And I wonder if. <laughs> and they, scantily clad. I wonder if they've ever watched the film The 300 till the end. Do they, do they, do they know what happens at the end to the Spartans? Because it doesn't, it doesn't end that well for the no, Spartans, does it? At no. the, the Battle of. Doesn't. Where was it? Thermopylae or something I'm like that. Sure. The, hot, the warm gates. Poor old Gerard Butler mm, and all of that. Steve Baker, anyway, he said. Uh, after Theresa May threatened to resign and uh, all of that, yeah. he said, should we do it in... What voice should we do this in? He said, I'm consumed with a ferocious rage after that <laughs> pantomime. I know he doesn't talk like that. I could tear this place down and bulldoze it into the river, he said. He got standing ovation for this. He'd need planning permission. And he was hugged by... Jacob Brees Mogg after saying it sounds totally sane, doesn't it? Hugged, hugged consumed by, with a ferocious rage. Hugged by uh, Slenderman. It's Slenderman, yeah. I could tear this place down and bulldoze it into the river. Hulk smash. It could be the it could be the Brexit Hulk. This is a funny uh, one. You're doing a good job he, here. And then he said, These fools and knaves and cowards this was about the indicative votes. Oh. He said these fools and knaves of cowards are voting on things they don't even understand. What's wrong with being a knave? People voting on things that they don't even understand. Yeah. I wonder what, what that rings a bell, doesn't it? Yeah. What's wrong with being a knave? What's wrong with reading knave? What, uh, Top Bongo made of the 1970s, wasn't I, it? For, I was thinking of a kestrel for a knave. Older remainers out there. Yeah, Billy Casper. Uh, now, oh yeah, very much so. Mark Francois. Yes, uh, he's had a good couple of weeks, hasn't he, he Francois? Had. Europe is free because of us, he said on Monday. Mm-hmm. Not quite, is it, really? Yeah. I think the Americans and Russians might have had something to do with Europe being free. I think the, uh, I, I think we could, yeah, I think, I mean, we did, certainly didn't do it on our own. No. I don't think we should take, I don't think we should, I don't, to be honest, it's a bit like, if we carry on banging on about that, 
right? Yes. We, 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 we did it as much for our own self-protection as anything else. That's fine. But it's a little bit like giving someone a present and then reminding them of the present every time you see <laughs> exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> How are you doing? Not wearing that jumper I bought you, I see. Exactly. Beautiful jumper that was. Say thank you. He's great, <laughs> isn't he? He's other great quotes of the week. He said, um, "Are you going?" They said, "Are you going to vote for the in the meaningful vote? Are you going to support Mrs May now? Um, now she's offered to resign." He replied, "I wouldn't vote for it if they put a shotgun in my mouth, yeah. uh, as we know." Her. Could be arranged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also said that um, if Brexit was in some way foiled, people will be extremely angry. Don't say you weren't warned. <laughs> Again, sounding completely sane now. Yeah. Uh, he said that Mrs May's deal. He said of Mrs May's deal, this would just leave us hanging half in and half out, which is, I think, is probably a situation with which Mark Francois is familiar. And um, and the best thing at all. <laughs> Um, I've got a very um, odd vision. Yes. You bump into him coming out of the gents at Westminster. And the best thing, uh, it sounds a bit sinister, that, doesn't it? Maybe I'll, we should cut that bit out. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, and, um, <laughs> I think we should leave it in. And um, the <clears> best <throat> thing of all was he made a speech, didn't he? Yes. Um, in the, During the indicative votes yeah. uh, debate. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, during which he, he felt so strongly about this, his little red fists were shaking with rage so much. Yeah. Uh, that he had to read it out, and he, he stood up to, to read out his statement, and brilliantly, Ed Vasey shouted out, well done, he can read. <laughs> um, and the, uh, the, the Commons uh, enjoyed uh, great laughter at Marc Francois's expense. Uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg, we okay. must mention. Uh, I apologise for changing my mind, he wrote in the Daily Mail, he didn't did. he? he? By did. doing so, I will be accused of infirmity of purpose by some, mm. and of treachery by others. Well... Mm. Really, you're going to be accused of rank hypocrisy yeah. because you awarded yourself the right to change your mind while decreeing that the country could not change its mind. Um, he also said, didn't he, brilliantly, half a loaf, this was when he was about to support Mrs May's deal, yeah, yeah. he said half a loaf is better than no bread. Yeah. And You can buy those at half loaf. Do you think we should actually you? ask people if they want half a loaf or no bread or access to the bakery that they currently have full access to where they can get all the bread well you see i'm i i live on my own yeah do, 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 do. Do, do, do. ladies and gentlemen we've got another special guest simon bates is here to do our tune <laughs> <laughs> and i always go for the half loaf do you because i you know only half loaf and i only i always throw some away and i feel sad oh no so I've started po- for the birds. Well, what I've started doing is because I live in a in a, an apartment. There's other apartments in the oh, yeah. in the block, you know. You so started I started leaving bread po- on their doorstep. I just post a do slice you? through each letterbox. Oh, that's nice. Because I think it's nice. That yeah, it is nice. Yeah. Do you write your Do you write a little message on it in Biro? I think that I think with they your think, number. I, I I'm going to step this up, right? So because who just who, bread posting campaign? <laughs> yeah. Who just wants bread, right? Yeah. So I'm going to butter it. Okay. But also I'm going to put. A bit of maybe like tuna paste on there. Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? And and I I, th- I, w- I do wonder if actually um, they might come to see me as a kind of Jesus figure. Well, many do. When I had the wine, <laughs> many do. There's letterboxes. So half a loaf is better than no bread. Yeah. But Jacob Rees-Mogg, I mean, he may have changed his mind back now. He might have. But currently, as we're recording this, he has gone for the... He's decided that no bread is better than half a loaf, hasn't he? Yeah. Because Arlene Foster does not need That's to right. eat, That's essentially. No, she's no not, food for me! Her eyelids. She cut her own eyelids off and she's removed her own stomach. Can I apologise to our Irish listeners? I have, a, I have a very good um, 
correspondent on on email who tells me off whenever I make fun of Ireland, oh, um, no. and, and and he's quite right. So my apologies yeah. for that awful accent. Uh, but the Brexiteer of the week, who else could it be? Now, remember when there used to be an EU wine lake? Yeah, there was a wine lake. Wasn't oh, there? can you imagine? And it was because doing a backstroke, were, a backstroke in all the Burgundy oh, and all that. Oh, just a little, just a little fountain of wine. And it on. was it lasted until about two thousand and seven, and it was a thing, wasn't it? Sell it, it often. It, it wasn't a um, <clears throat> well, basically, wasn't an actual. Lake. It wasn't an actual lake of wine, but what next to the butter was, mountain? Next to the butter mountain, it wasn't actually a butter mountain. Yeah, sadly, but what happened was there was overproduction because um, one, I think it was one particular area of France went crazy because there weren't really any limits on how much you could produce right, yeah. um, and receive subsidies. So people were overproducing wine. They ended up having to turn the wine, all the wine into industrial alcohol, didn't they? And then either sell it or burn it. And um, so that was the wine lake. And that stopped in 2007 when they tightened the, the, um, the, the restrictions and, and you couldn't just overproduce wine and make millions without even selling it. But Boris Johnson appears to have discovered a bullshit lake, an endless <laughs> lake. He's wallowing in that with his new hair. It's all getting all a bit quite sticky oh, in that. Oh, but, yeah. I have to comb oh, that out, Yeah, Boris. I'm bathing in this lake of bullshit because, <laughs> because he started the week with uh, a remarkable thing in the Telegraph. We have blinked, we have bulked. We have bottled it completely. It is time for the Prime Minister to channel the spirit of Moses in Exodus and say to Pharaoh in Brussels, let my people go. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what... It must have I, been a good weekend, must not it? For Boris and Carrie. I don't you're know not what supposed to drink the lake, Boris. I don't know what they've been up to. Although Moses, after Zipporah died, he did marry a much younger woman, didn't he, it, Moses? He did. Um, wasn't it actually God who said, let my people go, and not Moses? I think it... Oh, I think it might have been. I'm not sure. Uh, but as I have now taken on this Jesus rule, I could ask Dad. Yes. I'll give um, him a shout. You could. And um, and then we move on, don't we? Later on in the week, he he wrote another column in the Telegraph, yeah. putting the knife into Theresa May again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was headlined, The People's Day of Jubilation Has Been Hijacked by Spineless Pirates. <laughs> now, there's quite a few things about this, isn't there? Because... Pirates aren't that spineless, are they? Are we talking actually spineless? The People's Day of Jubilation has been hijacked by spineless pirates. Because a pirate without a spine is not going to be any use to anyone. No, it isn't. Also, do pirates do hijackings? The well, People's Day of Jubilation has I been guess. hijacked by pirates. Do pi when did pirates start doing hijackers? Surely it's hijackers that do Hijackers. Well, I guess, when did the yeah. pirates start getting in on the hijackings? I don't know. Well, well, but also, I just say think... next, my Brexit boat has been looted by spineless hijackers. It's all, <laughs> there's no the other consistency thing is, to calling it. a pirate spineless. That's not going to worry him. Not really, no. Unless he's an amoeba pirate, in which he's what? going to say, bang to rights. Yeah, or a really sensitive pirate. No, 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 come, he's spineless. Uh, this was meant to be have been a week of national jubilation, Boris Johnson wrote in yeah, this. Yeah. Um, and as we're going out, it's today, isn't it? Today was the day that we're supposed to leave the EU. Ladies it's and gentlemen, welcome week. to Brexit Day. Welcome to Brexit Day. It was meant to be the week when church bells were rung, coins struck, stamps issued, and bonfires lit to send beacons of freedom from hilltop to hilltop. Oh, you can he hear... Wrote. I can hear, oh, like, um, Land of Hope and Glory painting in the background well, softly. Well, it wasn't, wasn't it? Because half the country never agreed with this oh, in the no. first place and, no. and think you, Boris Johnson, are a fool. Yeah. Anyway, the week then got worse for Boris Johnson 
because on Wednesday night, having announced that he had changed his mind and he was now in favour of Mrs May's deal, yeah. now she'd, yeah. uh, she'd agreed to step down, he went <clears> to <throat> a Daily Telegraph readers event, mm. the, a, an event organised by the same newspaper that pays him an outrageous sum of money yeah. to write drivel like the drivel that we've just uh, yeah. read out. Yeah, at and least he, I get paid yeah. a pittance to write drivel. That is true, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he was heckled. He was heckled by the readers, his own fans. <coughs> um, and what I take from this is that after all this madness, after a hundred weeks of having to read out what these idiots say, Boris Johnson, in his naked ambition to be Prime Minister, yeah. ugh, has actually somehow managed to worsen his chance of becoming leader because he's agreed to vote for Theresa May, therefore annoying all of the headbangers whose minds he's been poisoning with all this guff for the past 25 years. Oh, so Boris. Boris Johnson is the Brexiteer of the week. Boris, I think, I, I haven't totaled it up, but I'm pretty sure that you are yeah. number one on the top 100 of the Brexiteers of the week. I you think are the nicotine-stained manfrog. I think it's either you or Farage. I th- I, that would be a close thing. Maybe, maybe I will count them up. But uh, Boris, congratulations. Uh, what should the listener do right now, Steve? Well, I think you should search out Podcast Live. Uh, and, uh, Podcastlive.com. Oh, yeah. £12 to come and see us. £30 for a day pass. £50 if you've got a friend and you both want to go for a day pass. Yeah. Um, log on to Podcastlive.com. Use the offer code EUROPE10. That's EUROPE10 and you get 10% off. You'll get, some, you'll get a fabulous badge if you come and see us. Lots of badges. Check them out on our some, social media. I've got some free badges made. One of them says lasagna and beans, which, as we know, is the uh, is the the favoured the meal of the gods. It's the favoured meal of uh, new European production manager uh, Mark Hindle. And I showed him that badge, and he was like He's a little boy it, at Christmas. He? he grabbed it, and he didn't even ask if he could have it. He just put it straight on. It was like a like a little boy on his fifth birthday going to school. Yeah, big badge on. A big badge. Lasagna, <laughs> and, lasagna yeah. and beans. Lasagna and beans. Uh, you can go to steadyhq.com. Uh, that's steadyhq.com and um, crowdfund our uh, fight uh, against Brexit. Um, you can go to Facebook and join the New European Readers Group there, or you can just uh, go to the New European uh, page. You can go to Twitter and you can follow the New European at the New European. Uh, if you like, you can follow me as well. I'm at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or you can follow me at Porrit, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. That was the 100th episode of the New European Podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. Every week's a joy, and it's great to know that in your growing numbers you are still enjoying the pod. Leave us messages and tell us, what we do well and what we could do better, and we'll try and address them so that we're still around at the 200th podcast. The paper is on sale now. It's very special. 40,000 words written by Will Self. It's an extraordinary read. Uh, it is visceral. It is antagonistic. It is funny. It will make you cry as well. And there is a lot of soul-searching for a tremendous to do on reading those 40,000 words as well, and it's beautifully illustrated as well, as we said, by Martin Rousen. Go and get your copy now. We will be back next week, of course. Until then, Alistair, please do play us out. Here you go.
do, do, do. I want more jazz in this podcast. More That's jazz? What, yeah. Do you like That's a bit of jazz, Jazz podcast. Jazz, yeah. Jazz cast. Quite chilled out. Jazz cast. Jazz cast. I don't know anything about jazz, really. I once pretended to know stuff from, like, oh, jazz. No. To, to, have I told you that before? Woman, yeah. To mess last than ten minutes, I couldn't cope. Was it was it? No, God, no. Imagine her at a jazz, a jazz concert. <laughs> Everybody out! There's no structure! There's no structure to this! <laughs> <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. So, Robert, tell the people, what's a pretendian? It's just what it sounds like, Angel. A pretend Indian. Someone who fakes being one of us? Someone who impersonates a native. We're talking about real scammers and con artists. There are pretendians teaching at universities, pretendians running governments, pretendians in Hollywood. On our new podcast, Pretendians, we'll tell you the incredible story of these jaw-dropping frauds. Who are they? Why do they do it? And how the heck do they keep getting away with it? Listen to Pretendians on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.